teach us, and it's been that way all my life, that, <clears throat> that we have to be drawn by the Holy Spirit. I don't believe a person just show up at church and say, well, I think today I'm going to get saved. I'm still from the old way that I believe there's a wooing and there's a drawing from the Holy Spirit. I believe the only time that you can get saved is when there's a wooing and a drawing from the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the only way to the Father is through the Son. And the Son, when He ascended to heaven, He said, I won't leave you comfortless. I'm going to send a comforter. And that's what we know as the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost of God. That is the very thing that this morning, if you'll be saved, will have to happen to you. It'll have to come to you. It'll have to convict you. It'll have to grab your heart. It'll have to speak to you. It'll talk to you just like a friend. It won't scare you. I believe that the Spirit of God is not something that'll scare a person. I believe it's a gentleman. Matter of fact, he said, I stand at your door and knock. He can knock your door down. He don't do things that way. He says, any man open that door, I'll come in and sup with him and him with me. I believe this is what God wants to do this morning. My whole idea of preaching today, what God has laid on my heart to preach, I want to try to present to you grace as good as I can this morning. No one will go to heaven because they deserve to go to heaven. Now, if today you're looking to your left or your right and you're worried about that person on the other side of you, you probably need to just take you some chalk and go around yourself because it may be you this morning that's been left out. I believe, I know that the Bible said that that work that he starts in a person, he'll complete it. We're not a finished product yet. Our name has been sealed until the day of redemption. Salvation is over if you've accepted Christ. Now, I want to let you know that salvation for every person in this building was done over 2,000 years ago. It's not going to be done today. It was done when Jesus hang on the cross. When he gave his life freely, Brother David, he said, no man takes my life. I don't know what you think about this man, Jesus, but he wasn't no wimpy kind of person. He could have called 10,000 angels to come and they would have come and they would have resurrected him way early on the cross, carried him on into glory. He would have never have done it all. He was in a garden before it ever happened, before they come and got him, before Judas betrayed him. The Bible said he was so much man that when he was in the garden that it was sweat that dropped off his forehead. He said to the Father, he said, Does it, is it any other way that this cup of death can pass me? He knew it wasn't going to be long that he was going to be betrayed. He had already said it at the supper. He said, one of y'all will betray me. And the disciples went to saying, is it I? Oh, I get to thinking about how many times we done went back. We didn't make stands for God. We, we just went along with what it, all was going on. He was in that garden and he knew what was coming. He knew what had happened. He had to come for a sacrifice for your and my sins. And so he willingly and with joy, the Bible says, as we read yesterday morning in our men's prayer breakfast, with joy he endured the cross. With joy he died there with you, hanging there with you. With joy he took these stripes that was on his back and he said, by his stripes we are healed. Thank God for Jesus that so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish 
and ever, have everlasting life. I ask you today if you really believed in him. Have you believed in him for salvation? Have you put your faith in Jesus alone for salvation? If you'll turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 and Romans chapter 6 preach a whole lot about grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. He just loved you so much. He wanted you to have heaven. I know it's the old church, but I want you to know there's a place called hell that's just as real as heaven. Amen? There is a place called hell that's just as real as heaven. That's the whole truth. If I just preached heaven, that would be half of a truth. And I want to tell you something about hell. Hell was not prepared for you. Just in case you sit there when I said something about hell, hell was not prepared for you, but it's kind of a good thing hell's there. Because heaven's going to be a place that your little babies can walk around. It won't be nobody there perverted to molest them. It won't be nobody there that's going to steal what you done work for. It's not going to be nobody there that's going to have any foul language to say in front of your beautiful children's ears. I'm telling you, heaven is a good thing, but hell's got a place to. Heaven is going to be a wonderful place. I want us to start reading in verse 1 as I present to you grace. Sin has to be dealt with. And so we read in this first verse. It says, therefore, being justified by faith. Faith is a big thing. Oh, when you have to come to a place where you have to believe it all. I mean, you're sitting here this morning and it comes to a place that you've got to believe that Jesus died for you. You've got to believe that you've got to confess it before men. You've you got to believe that you, you can't be ashamed of what God has done for you. Therefore, being justified by faith. I want you to know what justified means. When you come to Christ, see, it's two ways as we was talking about it yesterday morning to look at things. It's two, two sets of eyes that's going to be looking through the message today. It's going to be a set of eyes that's lost. All you can do, the Bible said, that carnal mind is not subject to the things of God, neither indeed can be. So if you're here lost this morning, you're just a religious person this morning, you hadn't been justified by faith, you hadn't received the Holy Ghost yet, then you're looking through carnal eyes. And everything that I'm going to say this morning, you're going to measure it just in a carnal way. That's all you can do. But we that are spiritual, we that have by faith have accepted Christ, not that we good, but with a childlike faith, we was able to get the pride out of the way just one time and with a childlike faith, believe with everything in us and know that we was headed to a devil's hell. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of folks just too pretty to ever go to heaven because why? They'll never humble themselves enough to ever be saved. I'm going to tell you something. At Kathleen the other night, she done... That preaching doesn't went out on Wednesday night. We still old-fashioned. We still preach. You don't have a Bible study. We'll do it on Sunday morning. We'll do it on Tuesday night. I believe when we meet in here, we ought to have preaching. I believe, 
I believe every time we meet, we ought to have an invitation. When I do funerals sometime and I give an invitation, someone would probably say, and sometimes the preachers have said in this county that I don't believe that a funeral is an appropriate time to have an invitation. I believe tomorrow when you're riding down the road with your friend, if you love him at all, you ought to extend him an invitation. I don't believe it'd be wrong. If you were looking at it through spiritual eyes, you got family members going to die and go to the devil's hell at the birthday party you have in your family. It would be a good thing, Brother David, to give an invitation. My word, what in the world has a church going, going to if we don't give an invitation, if we don't preach conviction, if we don't tell them about a devil's hell, if we don't tell them about a beautiful place called heaven, if we don't teach them what it means to be filled with the Spirit of God, what in the world are we doing here? Well, now, Brother Eddie, my idea was to come and sit here for about 30 minutes, hopefully, and no longer, and be gone. Boy, if church is dull to you, you're so far from going to heaven. Look here. I'm telling you, we're just looking through a glass dimly. I'm telling you, Jonathan, when we come face to face with God, I'm talking about when we land on the streets of gold to be absent from this body, to be present with the Lord, and we see the King of kings, we look up and see Jesus coming our way. I'm here to tell you, Gerald, it's going to be a happy thing. And to think about it, it was all done with faith. Oh, but what had to happen? You had to realize you was lost. Oh, Brother Eddie, you know how hard it is to get somebody to realize they lost? You know how hard it is to get somebody to say, man, I'm, I'm a good person when the boss said, ain't none of us good. I ain't good now. I wasn't good then. I ain't good now. But the goodness I'm going to get into, I done been justified through faith in what Jesus done. If I had my billfold in my pocket, I could take out my driving's license. I could say, well, everywhere I, I could go yesterday and when I stopped, Brother David, that's, that's where I'm identified. That's my identification. I, do you have a source of identification? You, you got anything with a picture on it. They, they want some kind of identification, something to prove that's who you are. All right. <laughs> and that's good to have it. That'll do you some good to have some form of identification. But that identification right down to your birth certificate will not work when you stand before the Lord because the Bible says that you've been born again, you have to be born again. Oh, you can bring that birth certificate. Here it is. You can bring a driver license. Here it is. You can bring your social security number and here it is. But I'm going to tell you something. Everything that you show God from what you have down here, he'll condemn every bit of it. He'll say, depart from me. You work for iniquity for I never knew you. But if you've ever been born again, oh, when them books are open, oh, because of one drop of blood, because Jesus died on the cross for you. He loved you so much. He died for you. If it's ever been one drop of blood, 
that ever fell across your name because you came like these children a while ago when I told them to come. They didn't know really what was going to happen. They thought, but you know what? They'll just come. A child will just come. The Bible said we got to come with a childlike faith and we got to know that we lost and we undone and we got to accept everything that Jesus done done for us. That scripture says, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me look at the next one. Being justified through faith, we have peace with the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If you've got a Bible and a pen, if you don't mind writing in your Bible, you need to circle that word access. You need to circle that bad boy. I know it's in the King James Bible. I don't know what your Walmart Bible's got. But if it ain't got access, you better put access. Because I'm going to tell you, when you stand before the Lord and the Lord says, why should I let you into my heaven? You can tell him because I come through your son Jesus and I believe that his blood would wash my sins away. And this Bible says we got access. A lot of folks can't do a whole lot of things because they ain't got access. Hello. You can't shout because you ain't got access. You can't praise because you ain't got access. You can't even be thankful because you ain't got access. You can't have peace because you ain't got access. You can't have joy because you ain't got access. Look, at everything that's good comes from God. You got to have access to this stuff. <laughs> I'm going to try to calm down. I never intended to get that loud today. <laughs> By whom also we have access. Again. By faith, I won't share with you where we're going, to this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of glory, of the glory of God. What's what verse 3 says? And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. <laughs> oh, my word. David, if we hadn't had to climb over some obstacles, we head back yonder. Oh, we couldn't have faced what we got today. Could we, Sister Ginger? If we, if God hadn't have carried us through a little boot camp back down the road down here, look here, I would have rather Jonathan had to have gone through a lot of things right back there and had to climb over a lot of obstacles. So when I'm now and you got children walking by your side, look here, when them wind chimes is going off and they think a storm's coming, you can say, honey, don't worry about it. We done been through things like that before. And if God be for us, who can be against us? You'll hate to be standing here or some little old something come and you're sitting there wetting in your britches. Ain't you glad God done took you through some things? Done got you ready for some things. You can tell your kids you're going to make it. You can tell your cousins you're going to make it. You can tell them greater is he that's in you than he's in the world. You're going to make it. We can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthened us. You're going to make it. All that comes through access. In Christ Jesus. Oh, it says, not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Knowing that tribulations worketh patience. Or we not like the man said, Lord, give me patience, but and hurry up. And patience, experience, and experience hope. 
And hope maketh not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given to us. For when we were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. We was without strength. We was without hope. We was without peace. We was without the glory of God. We, we was without anything. But Christ died for the ungodly. Oh, Brother Eddie, I'm not ungodly. Everyone in this room is ungodly. Without grace, your ungodliness wouldn't make it. I used to tell folks about salvation that if somebody come in and, in a restaurant and they clean the table, if you could find one speck of salt or one speck of pepper on the table, that would be enough to send you to a devil's hell. What we need to realize, we're not going to stand before this church or any other denomination church. When, when we stand before God, we're going to stand before absolute holiness. He turned his back on his own son because he took on our sin and he, his son said, my God, my God, why has that forsaken me? How come you think he was having them sweat to drop off like drops of blood and hit the ground? How come you don't think he didn't ask him, Lord, can you let this cup pass from me? He said, nevertheless, if it be your will, I'll go on. The Holy Ghost which is given to us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely, I want you to look at that word, scarcely a righteous man will one die. Yet preadventure for a good, good man, some would even dare to die. And I want you to look at verse 8, and we're going to travel as quick as we can. It said, but God commended his love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I need you to know that God has never died for a good person. God has never saved a good person. God has never sanctified a good person. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. And it said much more then, being justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. Now, how are we justified? Well, if I come to church enough, I'm justified because I was baptized. I'm justified because I've got a lot of pens where I've had perfect attendance. That's the reason why I'm justified. I, I'm justified because my daddy was a preacher. I, I'm justified because I'm the preacher. That's a lie. The preacher and the pope's got to come the same way that everybody comes, and we've got to come through the blood. We justified through the blood. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For in when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Do you see it again? Much more being reconciled, we, we shall be saved by his life. He gave his life for us. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Jesus Christ by whom we have now been received the atonement. Wherefore, as by one man's sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned, the Bible said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For until the law 
sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed when there was no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had no sin after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as an offense, so also is the free gift. For if through an offense of one many be dead, through Adam what he did, sin entered. Much more the grace of God. If it's sin, but what sin did through Adam, if that got a whole lot done, and we would all say we could agree on that. We, we don't have no problem with that. But we have a problem when it comes down to one man's blood, Jesus Christ dying for us. It's in much, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded to many. And not, I, and not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift, for the judgment was by one to condemnation. But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. Now you're going to understand what I'm going to read to you now. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace, say abundance of grace, and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came unto all men condemnation, even so by the righteousness by one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one many shall be made righteous. Watch this. Moreover the law entered but the offense might abound. But where sin abound, grace. You still need grace. But where sin abound, grace did the more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by our Lord Jesus Christ. And it says in chapter 6, verse 1, it says these words. I, I have laid the groundwork down for you about grace. I have read to you about how one man's sin, many died. And then it said by one man's righteousness, many live. And then it asks this question. What it really is going to say at the end of the day, in case I don't get around to telling you, is you can't get into heaven without grace. Man, I'm glad that the Holy Spirit comes after that. When you receive him, the Holy Spirit comes in. But look here. My word. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? It says these words. God forbid. I wonder what that means. It means it ain't going to happen. What shall we that are, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. 
that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also, we should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of death, we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, I'm going to tell you something. That's almost too good to be true. I can really understand why the Bible would say that he, God, resists the proud. He accepts the humble, but he resists the proud. Because it's a hard thing that we've got to do to work through what we ever need to work through to get to this thing, to this glorious thing called salvation. The other night as we had this service here and we, and we was uh, given an invitation, Kathleen said the Holy Spirit was dealing with her. She said, I know it was. It was tugging. That's the only way you can be saved. Uh, John, it was, it was grabbing at her door. She, she could feel it. She said, I, I knew it was me. Matter of fact, she went out one time and, and took her a pill, didn't you, Kathleen? She said, I, I went and got me some water. And I, I took me a pill. I thought I was having some trouble. And then I come back in. She said, then it got on me again. Holy Spirit of God, oh, it's a sweet thing, was tugging at her heart door. She couldn't done nothing. If it wasn't, it was just tugging at her door. She said, well, I, I guess I need to go take another one. She said, but I just sat there. She said, and then I was just hiding behind everybody else, and I, I knew Jesus was calling my name, and I, I knew Jesus was drawing at me and wanting me. And I knew what I needed to do. She told me after that time, since 18 years old, I think, hadn't been in church faithful nowhere. She said, I knew I couldn't leave. She went out to her car. We had a glorious night that night. Her husband was uh, elected mayor of her county. And we're so grateful and thankful for someone in her church. You know, a lot of people would think, you know, that just ain't the time. You know, it's just so much going on. You know, I, I just got to wait till this gets over. I, I got to wait till this gets better. And, and everybody's just trying to, trying to put it off. And they're just trying to find a convenient time. As King Agrippa there was there, and Paul was telling him about his friend Jesus, that he had met him. And the King Agrippa, she, he said, no, he said, I'm waiting for another appropriate time. Now, he said, he said, you've almost, the word he used was, persuaded me. I want to tell you what else has God got to do to persuade you today to accept him as his, your Lord and Savior. I'm here to tell you. Oh, to get up and walk down an aisle, to humble yourself and say I'm lost and on my way to the devil's hell don't mean that you're a, a bad person even though we was all bad. I, I can remember picking on my sister-in-law back there, and I was trying to give her a compliment, and she, she done got saved then, and I, I was saying my sister-in-law, she was a good girl before she ever got saved, and she hollered out in church. She said, no, I wasn't. <laughs> no, I wasn't. No, we wasn't then, and we ain't now, but I'm going to tell you what. For her to get up and make a move, I remember Bill coming down and sat in a chair 
we was in the old church, Brother Harris, and he sat there, he said, we, I, I got to pray for my wife, and Bill had never been raised in church, and we was trying to present him the gospel, and, uh, and he, the, what he was raised around didn't have any moving of the Holy Spirit. They just met and did that, and that's the truth. I'm not picking on you can come to me, and I, I explain that. I don't want to go in that right now, but I can tell you. And I remember when a church service was over with, and I went down, and they had a strawberry cake or something, and I went down the house, and I, I said, I come to get a piece of that strawberry cake, and I think of after Sunday night or Wednesday night service. Bill come to the church the next day, and he said, you didn't come to my house last night to get no strawberry cake. Man, we got to talking about God. And in his sleep that night, I said, Bill, when you get ready to go to bed tonight, all you got to do is just give your life to Jesus. My brother-in-law, he said these words. He said, it was like I was holding on to, we call them monkey bars. He said, that was just like I was holding on. He was, he was mad. You got to know Bill anyway. He gets really excited about things. And he was just beating on my truck. You know, he's like, man, he was saying, why didn't you tell me? See, sometimes we, got, we done told you all we can tell you. He said, it was like I was just holding on. He said, you know what happened? I said, what? He said, I just let go. <laughs> Woo! I like that song says, give up. Other night, Kathleen come back in the door, the Holy Spirit of God. I was right around here somewhere. They done went out the door. It was over. Holy Ghost of God said, go stand at them doors back there. Just go stand there. My word, here come Tammy McFarland walking in the door and Kathleen. Tammy been here a long time. Kathleen ain't been here for a few months. Well, Tammy was saying, come here. And I was standing in the door and I said, no, y'all come here. And then Kathleen says, come here. Like, I was like, you ain't been around here long enough to boss me like that yet. But I finally didn't meet them. I finally didn't meet them right over there. Kathleen said, I went out and got my car. I carried all the decorations right here to the side door. And I was going to go back and get my car, brother. And this is a story she told me right here, Ronnie. And she said, I can't go. She said, I can't go. I can't go no further. Let me tell you something. You ought to be so honored today. I'm so glad that Jesus loved us so much, Ray. That he came down and visited Kathleen. Visited right here. I remember a time we were so crazy at the old church. <laughs> you remember Brother Harris? If you got saved in a chair, you just took that chair home. <laughs> we was having something one day at children's church. Them metal chairs we'd bring them up and we share Up there in the old church. <laughs> Diane said, we got to get some chairs. I said, well, what happened to the chairs? She said, everybody got them. I told folks the quickest way to testify, you know, 
The Bible said that we saved by the blood of the Lamb and the word of a testimony. I said, you all just walk in co-op tomorrow carrying that chair. <laughs> Woo! Jonathan, you remember the case. Yeah. Go on down to co-op carrying that chair. Go on in a two-supply store tomorrow carrying that chair. Try to supply Anthony carrying that chair. Huh? You know they're going to ask you, why are you carrying that chair? <laughs> when they ask you, Randy, why are you carrying that chair for? I said, man, I'm glad you asked me. <laughs> Woo, something about this chair. It ain't just any chair. It's a chair with the Holy Ghost of God. Hallelujah. It is, oh, Lord God. Hallelujah. Oh. Sammy, I about got excited right there. Excuse me. Woo. Huh. Better calm down. Boy, Billy Graham. Boy, they sang two songs as they start the invitation this morning. Joe, where you at? You in the house? Joe Rachel, you in the house? I thought I seen him come in. I thought he was in there. Joe, we're glad you're here. All the way from, all the way from Murfreesboro. <laughs> Joe. I remember the day that the Lord told me to go see Larry at Murfreesboro. He was real sick that day, Joe. I was sitting over by the window. You got to know Larry, he, he was a grumpy kind of guy most of the time. He'd always ask me, how come you just leave? We was in a, in a riding horse or something, Reed, I'd just leave. You know, I wouldn't say I'm leaving, I'd just leave. I was done, I'd just leave. Where'd you go? I said, go. You just leave. You don't ever tell folks you're going to leave, just leave. <laughs> I was over sitting in a chair. He's real sick. They done got him in there to the restroom. I could hear him. Just He was sick. That cancer was coming down on him real hard. The last time I was there, I asked him, I said, Larry, if you was to die, do you know you'd go to heaven? He said, I sure want to think so. I said, Larry, you got to have more than that. Then I remember about a week later, the Lord said, you need to go see him today. You go see him today. You're going to get a chance to talk to him about Jesus again. So I'm sitting over by the window, and he said, what are you doing sitting over there? I said, I'm just sitting. He said, seems like you could be doing something. I said, yeah. I said, what is it you want me to do? He said, you ought to sing. He said, sing or something. I do them cowboy churches, and Joe and Larry would be there selling tacks, saddles, and brattles. <laughs> they rode too. I went to singing a song, I want to stroll over heaven with you. I want to stroll over heaven with you. He got this lady that I know, I wish, what was her name? Rita Woodard. Her and her husband rode horses too. I've known them a long time. Rita helped him. She said, where do you want to go? He said, I want to go right over there. And it was a chair. He 
sat down in that chair. He said, son, he said, I'm ready to finish this deal. I just sat there, I said, are you saying, you saying you ready to get saved? Larry said these words, Joe. He said, I don't know how much plainer I got to tell you. <laughs> Man, I knelt right down there and grabbed Larry's shelf hand. Boy, we went to praying in Jesus' name. The only way to the Father through the Son. My word, he went to weeping. Boy, that reader went to praying. <laughs> what a time, what a time. I remember that night, next week I come up and we went home. I got to spend a night with him. I'd go over and check with him about every two hours. I said, Larry, tonight's a different night than them other nights, ain't it? He said, it sure is. You know why? Because he humbled himself and sat in the chair. And Larry Rachel realized that he had to have grace too. Grace. For by grace are you saved. It's the gift of God. If you'll stand to your feet, many is going to come to the altar to pray. That's what we do in this church. There's somebody that God's extending grace.